Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everybody, hello, Annie Gan. How are you today? Hello, William O'Hanlon. I am wearing a bra and cycling shorts. Beautiful, beautiful, really beautiful. <laughs> if I could only get that image scrubbed from my brain, I would be perfect today. Um, how are we? You're enjoying the sun as as am I and sure listen it's probably coming to an end now soon so we'll be back moaning about the weather, the wind and the rain eventually won't we but sure listen that's the way it goes. Yeah and f- for all you guys that live in places that are that are frequently hot or are, are just not Ireland where it's raining the whole time you might notice that we have a national obsession with talking about the weather. Mm. Um, and then when it gets any way hot at all, it's like it's like 26 degrees today, you know. So it's not like in warm places, that's like nothing. But we're like, oh, my God, let's take all our clothes off. I have seen a lot of pink flesh on show today. Yeah. And I would like to say to the general population of Ireland, please push it away. <laughs> she says in her bicycling shorts and bra. Yes, oh, but I'm, right. I'm I'm in my studio with the curtains drawn. Only Washi is looking at me like I'm a little bit fucking crazy. Like nobody else is seeing this, like, you know. Listen, um, show it off, Annie. Show it the fuck off. If you've got it, flaunt it. Um, me and Will were just talking about the fact that we have to have Factor 50 on like permanently now. <laughs> just to survive. Just to survive outside from the running to get the clothes from the line, that type of scenario. Just to stop us going up like a Christmas tree, like when um, <laughs> we run out to get to grab the clothes off the line. Come here to me, William. Have you got that in for me? I do. We are on episode number 29 of Mysteries of the Unexplained, and today's episode is a winner. Oh. This story is as creepy as high hell. And I hope, I think it might creep you out because it creeped me out. Um, And it is entitled The Watcher. So are you ready? 
I am. Should I keep a shirt nearby in case I have to run away from the microphone? Like, with fright? I don't want to run out of the house like this. I'll just keep a shirt nearby. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Our story today is set in the town of Westfield, New Jersey. With a status of being one of the safest towns in America, Westfield had become a magnet for young families wishing to raise their children in a safe environment. Derek and Maria Broadus proved that they were no exception to its hypnotic draw. For the Broaduses, owning a home in Westfield would be a dream fulfilled. In June 2014, their dream would come to fruition after they closed on 657 Boulevard, a beautiful six-bedroom home capable of housing them and their three young children. Maria had grown up in the town of Westfield and was thrilled that their new purchase was only blocks away from her childhood home. Derek grew up in Maine, eventually climbing the ranks of an insurance company and was now enjoying the role of senior vice president, a role that carried a salary large enough to cover 657 Boulevard's $1.3 million price tag and its required renovations. One evening, three days after the Broaduses had received the keys, Derek, who had finished painting at the new home, decided to check the mailbox. Inside there were two letters. One, a household utility bill, and the second, a white card-shaped envelope. It was addressed in thick, scrawling handwriting to the new owner. Inside was a typed note that read, Dearest new neighbour at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighbourhood. The boulevard used to be the street to live on. You made it if you lived on the boulevard. But how did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my turn. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. The letter would go on to describe the Broaddus's Honda minivan and then took a chilling turn. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. <laughs> Sorry, we'll pause there. Sorry, what's your thoughts so far? Um, I just feel like the spirit of this house is uh, an elderly homosexual British gentleman. <laughs> and I can just imagine him there in slippers and like a cravat with a dressing gown with one of those fancy ones smoking his pipe via the fire <laughs> while writing letters to a house. That's <laughs> so funny. Did you date this guy, Will? Uh, possibly, yeah. I'm not going to lie. He could be a list of uh, past boyfriends. If you were Derek now, would you be up to up to 90 with this or how would you be feeling now? 
Oh, I'd be up to hide Like, I'd be up to hide even if it was just some clever trick, like, from a neighbour or something. But the fact that they're talking about the car, the car parked outside his house, like, that is... That, that oh, took a turn there for the worst. So, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think this is going to be good. Earlier in the week, Derek and Maria had gone to the house and chatted with their new neighbours, while their children, who were 5, 8 and 10 years old, ran around the backyard with several kids from the neighbourhood. The letter writer seemed to have noticed. I asked the Woods, referring to the previous owners, to bring me young blood, and it looks like they've listened. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Will there be more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. But who am I, you're wondering? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends, welcome. Let the party begin. Signed in a cursive font, The Watcher. After reading this chilling letter, Derek's blood ran cold. He raced through the house switching off the lights and lamps in a bid to stop the watcher from looking in. Then did what any sane person would and rang the police. Soon an officer arrived and was greeted to a frantic, wide-eyed Derek. He explained what had happened to the officer and handed the letter for him to see himself. After reading the letter, the officer looked up in disbelief at Derek and said, What the fuck is this? Which apparently was quoted by Derek himself. (laughs) He questioned Derek asking if he had any potential enemies and even recommended that a piece of construction equipment be moved from the back porch in case the watcher would decide to throw it through the window. After moving the construction equipment as recommended, Derek made his way over to his wife Maria and their children who were staying at their old home. After Maria read the letter, it was decided that they would email John and Andrea Woods the couple who had sold 657 Boulevard to them. After all, the watcher had mentioned in the letter that they had asked the Woods to bring them young blood. The next morning, Andrea Woods replied. She mentioned that she did recall receiving an odd letter when her and her husband first moved in, noting that the letter had similarities to the broadest letter, referring to how the watcher's family had been observing 657 Boulevard over the years. That, however, was the only letter that the couple had received from the watcher in the 23 years that they had lived there. She ended the email saying that her husband had thrown away the letter without much thought long ago. After a brief conversation with the Broadduses, Andrea Woods agreed to go to the police station with the couple. A detective Leonard Lugo instructed the Broadduses not to mention anything about the letter to any of the new neighbours. Everyone on the street was now a suspect. A few weeks went by, without any contact from the watcher. The Broadduses continued with the well-needed renovations. Maybe they would have the same outcome that the Woods had. That being said, the couple were still very much on edge. 
Derek cancelled a planned work trip and whenever Maria would take the kids over to the house, she found herself yelling at them to stay close. When Derek gave a tour of the renovation to a couple in the neighbourhood, a cold chill ran down his spine when the wife said, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighbourhood. Then the general contractor arrived one morning to find that a heavy sign he'd hammered into the front yard had been ripped out overnight. A few days after the first letter, Maria and Derek were invited to a barbecue across the street, welcoming them and another new homeowner to the block. As instructed by police, the Broadduses never mentioned a word about the watcher. The barbecue was far from relaxing. Maria found herself again yelling at the children to stay close. People must have thought we were crazy, she later told a reporter. Derek, on the other hand, scanned the party guests for clues. He eventually struck up a conversation with a John Schmidt, who lived two doors down. John mentioned how a family called the Langfords, who lived in the house right between them, hadn't attended the barbecue. Peggy Langford was in her 90s and several of her adult children, all in their 60s, lived with her. The family was a bit odd, Smith said, but harmless. He described one of the younger Langfords, Michael, who didn't work and had a beard like Ernest Hemingway, as a kind of Boo Radley character. Was the case solved there, thought to himself. John offered up a wealth of knowledge. The Langford family had lived there since the 1960s, Fitting the timeline for the Watcher's father is mentioned in the letter. Richard Langford had died 12 years earlier, and the current Watcher claimed that they had been on the job for the better part of two decades. The Broadduses contacted Detective Lugo immediately. Derek relayed all the information he had on the Langfords. Surely the Watcher had to be a member of the Langford family. Hugo replied saying that he already knew. A week after the first letter arrived, he brought Michael Langford to the police headquarters for an interview. Michael denied knowing anything about the letters. Some residents would later say that it couldn't have been Michael as he had difficulty writing. Furthermore, where was the hard evidence? Not long after, the Broadduses were told by the police chief that there wasn't much the department could do, saying probably nothing will happen. This enraged Derek. This is someone who threatened my kids. Probably nothing's going to happen, probably isn't good enough for me. This person attacked my family, and from where I'm from, if you do that, you'll get your ass beat. Frustrated, the Broadduses began their own investigation. At this stage, Derek was becoming obsessed with finding out the Watcher's identity. The dining room table was scattered with copies of the letter. A map of the neighbourhood was circled, showing approximate range for earshot. He even set up webcams inside and out of 657 Boulevard. Most nights he could be found crouched in the dark, watching out the window to see if anyone was stalking the house. Maria was growing more and more concerned for her husband. The Broadduses also turned to several experts. They employed a private investigator who stalked out the neighbourhood and ran background checks on the Langfords, but didn't find anything noteworthy. The watcher seemed to be upset by new money moving into town. The work continued and two weeks after the first letter arrived, Maria, visiting the house with paint samples, went to check the mailbox on her way to her car. A white envelope with familiar black writing on the front greeted her. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. Oh, you fucking cretin. (laughs) (laughs) This is giving me the absolute fears. Maybe you're the cretin nanny gan and I'll be coming for you. 
no. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. The house is crying from all the pain it's going through. You've changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past. And what it used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard. When I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when young blood will be mine again. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say the names often. The little one that uses the easel inside the porch. Is she the artist in the family? The letter continued. (coughs) 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. (gasps) Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. But who am I? I am the Watcher, and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on, and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. The Watcher. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any chance this is just a local granny who really likes children moving into the area? And then she's just like, I can't wait to come over and give them some sweets and popcorn. No? Do you think that that might be what it is? Could be, could be. Um... (laughs) I am never moving house again as someone who might be about to move house. This is terrifying me. Like, would you move in? I don't think I could move in. I don't think I could move into the house. Sorry, yeah, it's very, very weird. I, I would be shitting my knickers. I am, like, I've got those kind of, like, I've got that, like, little feeling in the pit of my stomach. Like, it's making me feel a bit sick. Like, I don't think, 
Like, I know they haven't said anything that a passerby probably couldn't say, so it could just be some fucked up mind doing this. But I just don't think I could move in there knowing that people are, are watching my kids going in and out of the house. Oh, holy mammy, mother of God. If it was you in the house, though, I'd say the letter would be more like, I've seen your shitty knickers on the line. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever, do you ever brush your hair? He so would be saying that. Are you watching the sixth season of RuPaul's Drag Race? <laughs> what is the terrible smell that comes from the toilet after you visit it? Netflix seems to be your only friend. You sure use Grinder a lot, young man? <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, oh no, 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 don't like it, don't like it one bit. At this point, the Broadduses had stopped bringing their children to the house. They themselves didn't feel comfortable visiting 657 Boulevard. In fact, they weren't even sure if they would ever move in. Derek reached out to a former FBI agent who served as inspiration for Clarice Starling in The Silence of the Lambs. They were on a high school board of trustees together and they also hired Robert Linehan, a former FBI agent, to conduct a threat assessment. Linehan recognised several old-fashioned ticks in the letters that pointed to an older writer. The envelope was addressed to M.M. Broadus. The salutations included the day's weather, warm and humid, sunny and cold, sunny and cool for a summer's day. And the sentences had double spaces between them, and a surprising lack of profanity given the level of anger which Linehan thought meant a less macho writer. So he could be right, Annie. Maybe it was a little gay man. Was it, Annie? Or was it a woman? <laughs> what do you think, Annie? You think you know the watcher? You little witch. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a local older woman who never had the joy of having grandchildren. She's like, I can't wait for some young blood. And then she'd just turn up at the door and be like, hello, children. Would you like a bag of Maltesers? (laughs) Possibly, yeah. Several weeks later, another letter arrived. Where have you gone to? The watcher wrote. 657 Boulevard is missing you. Lenhan recommended looking into former housekeepers. Perhaps the watcher was jealous that the Broadduses had bought a home that they could not afford. But what about the Langfords? Working with the Westfield police, the Broadduses sent a letter to the Langfords telling of their plans to knock the house to the ground, hoping to prompt a response. Nothing happened. Detective Lugo brought Michael Langford in for a second interview, but got nowhere and his sister Abby accused the police of harassing her family. Eventually, the Broadduses hired a lawyer by the name of Lee Levitt who met with several members of the Langford family, as well as their attorney, to show them the letters, along with photos explaining how their home was one of the few vantage points from which the easel could be seen. The meeting grew tense, and the Langfords insisted Michael was innocent. One night, Derek told the reporter that he had a dream in which he confronted Peggy, the eldest Langford, and demanded she build an eight-foot fence between the properties. Maria was having other kinds of dreams. One night she woke up to an especially vivid one about a man who lived nearby, wearing boots and carrying a pitchfork, beckoning to the children who were walking towards him. 
She woke up in terror because she could not stop the children in time. Almost anyone could be the watcher, which was making daily life a living hell. Detective Lugo was convinced it was Michael, however, and even told the Broadduses that they wouldn't receive any more letters as he would have been spooked by the interviews. Around the same time, the Broadduses' house painter Bill Woodward had noticed something strange. A neighbour behind 657 Boulevard was keeping a pair of lawn chairs noticeably close to the Broadduses' property. One day, I was looking out the window and I saw this older guy sitting in one of the chairs, Woodward reported. He wasn't facing his house, he was facing the Broadduses. By December 2014, the Westfield Police told the Broadduses that they had run out of options. The investigation had stalled. The watcher had left no trace whatsoever. The letters which had been read closely for possible clues were leading to nowhere. Was the whole thing a cry for attention from a disturbed mind or teenagers up to no good? Desperate, Derek showed the letters to his local priest, who agreed to bless the house. At this point, the family had moved in with Maria's parents. Their old home had been sold. Heartbroken, they continued to pay the mortgage and taxes on 657 Boulevard. Still tied to the house, Derek found himself bringing a knife with him if 657's house alarm would go off in the middle of the night, which it did the odd time. While Maria received therapy for post-traumatic stress, the therapist recommending that they sell the house to release their suffering. They couldn't help but wonder what if they had known about the watcher before they bought the house. Would they have bought it? Would life have been different if they lived elsewhere without the eye of the watcher on them? At this point, the watcher was becoming unhinged. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend and now it's my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring me the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and leave it alone. Six months after the Broadduses bought the house, they decided to sell it, listing it for more than what they paid, reflecting the work they had done to 657. There it sat listed, as the neighbours talked about it, rumours ranging from a crazed sexual predator that stalked it, teenagers causing mayhem with too much time on their hands, and even an elaborate scam. And there, Annie, is the end of part one. You big prick tease. I do have a big prick, you're right. (laughs) No, I meant you big prick tease, not you big prick tease. Oh, Jesus, I just I just woke Watty up because I jumped back so quick in the seat. Oh, I'm going to be thinking about this now for the next feckin... How long? Two weeks? No, I'm actually going to have this second part out before next Friday. So you're actually going to get a bonus episode. Um, oh my week, God, you Main show episode. Because the listeners would have to wait for two weeks before they get to the end of this. Oh, do you think you would have at this stage, 
I know you know the end of the story, so maybe it'll sway you. Like, do you think you would have still moved in? Um. Well, I would have moved. Okay, so I thought about this. I would have moved in if it was just me and my partner. If I had three small children, I probably would feel very different. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. No, well, no, wait now. I would feel the same. There is no way I'm going near that house. I would be like, put it up <laughs> online, get rid of it, sell it on. Like, fuck that. But then I don't know if I'd even feel good selling it on to anybody else. Like, but then you kind of have <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, everything's fine with the house. <laughs> it's lovely, it's lovely right atmosphere. Like, historical features like the house has a pen pal who's a deranged man from god knows where i'm just thinking of that neighbor like sitting in the (laughs) sitting in his backyard like not looking out to the lovely view but just staring into your house what a cretin and then he couldn't do anything about that because they're like it's his own backyard what are you gonna do maybe there's more than one maybe (gasps) it's just one maybe it's paranormal maybe it's all in your head Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Oh, God. I, if I wasn't sweating before, I'm definitely sweating now. Go on. And now it's time for... Ask a dog anything. <laughs> If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. (laughs) 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 Oh, I'm so ready to be asked questions and feel important for once in my week. Let's go. So, Annie, are you ready for the questions that the public want to know? Bitch, I was born ready. Denise Gallagher writes in and she says, which demon did you sell your soul to in order to become so talented at everything? (laughs) The demon's name I am not allowed to... (laughs) I'm not allowed to reveal to the public, but he's very dangerously dark and good looking. He's quite tall, likes to dress in black and has a big curly mop of hair on top of his head. Oh my god. Uh, Marianda Catherine Berthold writes in follow up to Denise's question Does the demon know you've still orchestrated? Or does the demon know you've already orchestrated a plan where he actually will not be receiving your soul? No. And once again, I'd like if you guys could keep this quiet here because you see. You see, at the end of your life, then you're supposed to hand over your soul, right? But I'm actually going to be cryogenically frozen, you see, um, because I'm going to be very rich. I'm going to be an Elon Musk slash Jeff Bezos type by the end of my life. So they're going to shoot me up into the sky in a specially created freezer that will make me look way younger than the age I actually was when I died. And then I get to come back younger and every time I come back, sure, they'll have improved the technology. So I'm going to live forever as an increasingly beautiful woman. And um, therefore, I will never have to hand it over. But once again, if you could just keep this from the ears of that actual demon for the moment, in case he comes back looking for revenge. Thank you. Next question. (laughs) Alison M. Scott writes in, have you been watching Drag Race All Stars 6? And if so, who is your pick for the crown? If not, who is your all time favourite drag queen? clapping with my fingers um yes queen i am so watching season six me and will actually have been bet into it and you know i was finding it hard to pick a favorite this uh this year but i really really like what's well, kind of a who's it between raja oh, sorry her name just went out of my head i'm a real raja o'hara fan and I just love her and I, I'm hoping that she, I don't know if she'll do it but I'm hoping that she'll get there and my favourite all time star mm, one of my favourites now um, oh well I'm drawing a blank you probably even know better than me who do I love I love Heidi in Closet uh, the worst name in drag, but like one of the best faces. Mm, truly blessed and favoured. Hi- truly blessed and highly favoured. And well, what was the one of the original ones, Will, that had a kind of a rock career afterwards with the ring in her nose? Sharon Needles. No, not Sharon Needles. Oh, no, but I love Detox Alaska. And Will has been making me watch um, uh, Trixie and Katya on YouTube who are actually fucking gas and um, uh, also Willem and who does the thing with Willem? Um, Alaska. Oh yeah, Alaska. I Maybe, sorry, you're going to have to cut some of this out because then I said all of the names. <laughs> Alaska's probably one of my favourites. You basically said every drag queen that has been on the show. So Alison, if narrowed down to one, it's about 50. Alaska's probably, Alaska then, I'll just say Alaska. But I'm still forgetting the name of that queen, if any of you know. Alexis Mateo? No. 
Philip Norris writes in, are there any stories that you would love to see you sink your teeth into for the pod? Well, Will can't complain this week as I've not slagged him off this time. It must be difficult for you, Annie, being the organ grinder and people wanting to talk to you and not the monkey. <laughs> Shit, I've done it again. Sorry, Will. Philip. Philip. I'm watching you. Even harder now. Oh, Philip. Thanks so much. You're so so gas and absolutely correct and um, I think we've done a lot of the ones that I really liked if not on this then on on what the fuck but I do really want to start looking at some of the late the MI5 files that were released during the summer there it just seems too huge for me at the moment to even it's been such a fucking weird um, year already I feel like my all my reality will just snap and be turned on its head and I'll never come out of the big black hole if I actually start looking at some of that information released but if anyone would like to write in a little synopsis opposite of it I'd be very grateful thanks Philip <laughs> doesn't want to put in the hard work just no. want someone to edit it for you Jamie yeah. Talbot Seagull writes in what is your beauty regime oh girl non-existent bitch oh fuck oh um, I have to say it was really bad for years but me and Will were just talking about the fact that we are adamant about putting sunscreen on every day because Irish people don't age well in the sun girl have a look at some of my family and um (laughs) i really like that i really like i've started using a hyaluronic acid serum and a retinol from the ordinary don't even care gonna say it now think they're a great company and i really really like them so um there you go girl any of their stuff and always wear your sunscreen thank you next question sean ellis writes in annie my dear favorite colored alien question mark okay my darling um, okay, look, I'm going to say green, but I'm not really thinking about aliens. I'm going to say those green children. That always stayed in my head. The green children of what was it? Woolpit, wasn't it? That you did the story on ages ago. And um, like they were just these green kids, like with green skin and green eyes that turned up in this village once, apparently back like years ago, back in the back of beyonds. But there's loads of document, like there's loads of documentation about them. And like, where did they come from? What are they? Who is it? What was going on? Were they actual green children? Uh, so... Green, thank you. Janique Leslie Cauldron writes in, Annie, this is a three-parter. Oh, what is your favourite Father Ted episode? I have two, Kicking, Bishop Brennan and Speed 3. <laughs> Which is your favourite character in the show? And what are the other hilarious com- Irish comedies can you recommend? I'm already a fan of Derry Girls and Bridget and Eamon. Oh my God, you've got such good taste. Okay, now Will, you can't get angry at me for if I go on a little bit about this one because it was a three-part question, but I will be quick as I can because Will's actually a really impatient person. And my favourite Father Ted, you are. My favourite Father Ted episode is the one with the fairground with the spider baby in it. Oh, what's that one called? I think this it's the one about the sheep. Um, and But I would say that kicking Bishop Brennan is probably a very close second. Oh, then Speechree's really good as well. My favourite character is Father Damo and he was in the Old Grey Whistle Test and he was the one who's, who was like the cool priest from Dublin and he, and, um, oh, he yeah. gets Father Te- he gets Father, uh, Father uh, Dougal to start like smoking cigarettes and like when his priest calls him for his dinner he's like I'll be in a minute and like he thinks he's real cool and he's smoking oh, yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, time yeah, and I was, yeah. like, I was like oh my god you're such a renegade priest I love you um, and uh, he's my favourite character and any other comedies you know like uh, um, um, 
Irish comedies. Black Books. It's actually British, but Dylan Moran is in it. Black Books uh, is probably one of my go-tos. Absolutely fabulous. It's British as well. Like the Irish ones, you kind of have the best of them. If I think of any more... Yeah, I know what I said, British, but Dylan Moran is actually Irish, so no, I'm going I'll to say that. And fast. by the way, <laughs> yeah, I said that was I British. I would say, that's like saying Parks and Recreation, but that's American. Um. You're actually so <laughs> impatient and such a dog I'm giving you what time, you like I'm allowing say? you extra time on the segment. No, I can feel you breathing, I can feel you impatiently breathing. What would you like to say? No, no, what would you like no, to say? no, no, no. What would you what would you like to say? Father Ted was a good one or Moon Boy. Yeah, Moon Boy wasn't a favourite of mine. Oh, this is very controversial, but I don't really like your man. What's his name? Um Oh oh what's his name? Chris O'Dowd. Well, I also don't really think that he's that funny. You wouldn't so be, that's you your advice, not mine. On your knees for yeah. that. No, I wouldn't be getting too much. Yeah, but you love that, no. you love Mrs. Brown's boys though. Absolutely. If any of you write in here and say that Mrs. Bounce Boys is an Irish co- comedy, you can just actually stop listening to this show and you can stop being a Patreon if you want because I don't need your blood money. <laughs> or else. Father Ted is the best thing to ever have come out of Ireland. I think literally one of the best things. And And... And uh, Mrs. Brown's Boys is literally one of the worst things and is an abomination. Oh my God. Podge and Raj. Podge and Raj were really good. There was Podge and Raj's uh, scare at bedtime. If you want to look it up, some of that is probably still on YouTube. There were these like puppets from back in the day that are terrifying. And if you would like an old Irish chat show, Don't Feed the Gondolas was great. I don't know if you'll find it somewhere online, but that was a really good Irish chat show. And some of the best comedians were on there too. Um, thank you. That's all, actually all we have. Oh, hold on. The news was just after <laughs> coming in to say that we're going to have to take over the segment. <laughs> I owe a man called in bomb threat because he didn't get sauce for chicken McNuggets. Police say an Iowa man attempted to get revenge on his local McDonald's after he was shafted out of sauce for his chicken McNuggets. But things blew up in his face. Ankeny police arrested Robert Gulwitzer Jr. on Sunday night after he allegedly threatened to blow up the restaurant and punch an employee over missing condiments, according to ABC affiliate. WHO Investigators told the station that the 42 year old suspect called the fast food chain after discovering his order was incorrect After police contacted Goldwitzer, the the sauce craving suspect admitted to making the threats. Authorities arrested Goldwitzer Saturday night and charged him with a felony of with a felony charge of making a false report of explosive or incendiary device according to CBS affiliate (laughs) KCCI on Sunday he was released from Polk County Jail after posting bond people have made some really bizarre bogus bomb threats before for instance in January 2019 a 23 year old student in Reims France called in a fake bomb threat so he wouldn't have to see his parents in November 2018 a New Orleans man accused of threatening to blow up a local restaurant told police he was referring to a bowel movement 
And that concludes this week's Billy's Bizarre News. I'm going to call in a bomb threat next week so I don't have to do this podcast with you because you've got a fucking well, attitude. I think the way you just said that shows that you have the attitude. And the watcher notices everything, Annie. <laughs> the watcher will be watching and waiting and wondering what you're getting up to. He'll be watching to see, or she will be watching to see if you wipe from left to front or back to front and up to downy. (laughs) Do you rub the soap all over your body, Annie? More importantly, do you brush your teeth twice a day? Do you ever take your hair down from the bun or is it always left in the bun? Is the hair a wig? I am out of here. It is too hot to be listening to your shit. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Join us later on in the week for part two of The Watcher. In the meantime, if you would like to get more episodes, you can sign up to our Patreon, which is at www.patreon.com forward slash mysteries of the unexplained, where you get a bonus episode every week, which is called Motu Weird Wednesdays. What was last Motu Weird Wednesdays episode about? I can't remember. Um, the last one was a bell. Oh, it was your the Scottish one? It was the Hounds of Hell. Oh, yes, that was a good one. And we did get a lot of response as well when we went on about moms and and manual cars. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a few complaints into our complaints desk. No, it's not a complaints about us. It's complaints about other people out there living their lives and being arseholes and being shit at living life. If you know someone who's shit at living life, I do. Please write in and put all your anger into a nice, succinct little message and send it into us on our Patreon page there. And we'd only be most delighted to call it out and help you in your quest to find better people living in the world. Whoa. And if you would prefer just to maybe write a review, you can do, which would also be showing us how to how you support the show. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts if they allow you. And don't forget, you can sign up to our Facebook group, which is Mysteries of the Unexplained, and our Instagram, which is Mysteries of the Unexplained also. And I think that's it, is it, Annie? Do you have any news? <laughs> okay, Mrs. Watcher. Join us <laughs> next time for more mysteries of the unexplained. Of the unexplained. Boulevard. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.